Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Excited to have with me this week a local author, and also we're going to talk a little bit about jobs in the STEM fields for women, and Colorado author Harper McDavid, author of the book Zapata, which came out August 21st of last year, coming up on the one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell me, what has the response been like to the book? Uh, the response has been good. Uh, it's uh been a little surprising. Uh, it's won some awards lately. and um, I was going to say it won the uh, 2020 Colorado Book Award for the Romance category, correct? Right. Yes. And then it also won the 2020 Writers Award from the Colorado Authors League. That's correct. Yeah, yes. congratulations. Thank you. And tell folks who have not yet read the book a little bit, just a quick summary what it's about. Uh, it's a romantic suspense novel. It's a little gritty. It's set on the Texas-Mexico border, and it addresses more than just romance. It covers some other timely subjects, uh, drug cartels, sex trafficking, and um, the glass ceiling for women. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because before you were an author, what did you do? I been a geologist and a hydrogeologist, which is just a fancy name for a geologist that deals with groundwater. Okay. <laughs> and when you first started out your career, um, you had to live. Tell me about the living conditions. <laughs> when I first started, I worked along the Gulf Coast uh, and lived out on oil rigs. And that meant two, uh, two weeks on, two weeks off, and living in a trailer with three men where we shared two beds, so we worked 12-hour shifts and switched beds. Um, <laughs> What's that called? That was called hot bedding? Hot bedding, yes. So you're using the same sheets in the same bed? Yeah, uh, no. No? Uh, I, well, they may have. I didn't. <laughs> you changed the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you were having to live with men. Why was that? Um. There were no accommodations for women at the time. At that time, I worked for a company that the division I worked in had about 90 people doing my job, and there was only one other woman. So, What was that like? Uh, it, it was tough at times. You were afraid to say no to certain assignments that you probably should have. And I only turned down an assignment once, and that was an offshore job where the rig that they wanted to send me to did not have any accommodations for women and no guarantee I would even be sleeping with the guys I worked with and knew. Um, so I turned that down. Um, but otherwise, you, you kind of had to go where you were sent. Right. And did you turn that job down because of safety concerns? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I wondered is how much of that was safety as a woman, knowing that you really didn't have any privacy. He had no privacy and no other women on the rig necessarily, perhaps, you know, in the cooking, in the cafeteria, there were women, but there was no guarantee and hundreds of men. Right. So here you are, female scientist, and you're, you're all alone. Yeah. How did you become interested in that field? Um, I collected rocks when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. Simple enough. A lot of kids do that. Yeah. And that turned into this, this love of geology? Uh, yeah, it did. 
I, I liked being outdoors. I, I liked, you know, understanding the physical forces that uh, went on in nature. So, yes. So a creative yet a science field. And then here you are now as a writer. How did those experiences, the good, the bad, all of that, affect your writing today? Um, I, it gave me a good story for Zapata. Uh, Zapata was based on a project I had uh, along the Texas-Mexico border. And it was such a wild story that I thought, oh. And I had been dabbling with writing sort of for fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I took it from there um, and started the story based on a project I had myself. And so your main character, tell me about her. She's a female engineer. She's a female engineer, a lot younger than I am now. Uh, <laughs> she is very aggressive, wants to, get a, wants to get a promotion, feels like she's do that, and takes on a very undesirable project on the Texas-Mexico border. Um, it, without blinking, she takes this project and encounters uh, drug lords at the site and walks into the middle of a cartel battle. So Okay. I mean, the book sounds fascinating. I know I'm definitely going to want to read it after, uh, after I get <laughs> done talking with you. Let's talk a little bit about jobs in the science and the STEM categories mm-hmm. for women. How has that changed today versus maybe when you went in? Um, I think the behavior towards women has definitely improved. There are absolutely more women in the field, too, now um, at all levels in management and throughout. Uh, I, I think it's a more positive atmosphere. Um, I still think women are probably wary to turn down assignments that maybe a man might. I, I can't say that with certainty, but... I think women feel the need to never say no to an assignment unless it really puts them at risk. And what would your advice, because you did turn down a pretty good assignment um, because of your concern about your safety, the one we were talking about out on the oil rig, what would your advice be for women in this field that are still struggling with that? I, to go with their gut. And there's you can't put your own safety at risk, and you shouldn't. Um, and there are more measures in place to pr- protect women in the workplace. I, um, I think, I think you should go with your gut and and not put yourself out there <laughs> to an extreme. Right. So. Right. So you now have your master's degree. You're also a writer. What's next for you? <laughs> I I want to keep writing. It's fun. I'm writing uh, another book with a a geologist as the protagonist um, because it's easy to write what you know. I was going to say, isn't that one of the keys? They always say, write what you know. Yes, yes. So at least this way, no one can, quali- you know, question my knowledge. I'm not trying to write legal briefs or anything. Right, right. <laughs> what do you think, what are some of the struggles that you've put the women um, protagonist in your book, having them go through that you've experienced in your own life? Uh, definitely in my first book, um, she was, she struggled with being overlooked and not being taken seriously. 
Um, to some degree, in my next book, I have a also a female um, starting out in academia. She's received a Ph.D., and she's struggling to get respect. Um, so I, I think those things can be tougher for women. It, you know, depends on the atmosphere, and usually academia is more open, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is your advice to women who are in this field or in these fields and trying to fight for equality and equal pay? How does that happen? Uh, <laughs> um, keep Be heard, speak up, and let people know. Uh, many years ago, I worked for a large company that did an, uh, the government did an audit and found out that I was way underpaid uh, as compared to my male peers, and the government actually adjusted my required that this company adjust my salary. That came without me saying anything because that was back in the days when we didn't talk about our salaries. Mm-hmm. Now I know from having adult daughters that they do talk about their salaries with others, and those things are are um, often known. So, but speak up you know, and keep plugging away. I mean, women still don't make uh, most of the time what men make. How much discrepancy, you don't have to tell me what your salary was back then, but what kind of percentage are we talking about here? Uh, It was huge. Uh, I would say between 30 and 40 percent. Oh, my gosh. Just because you were a woman? Yes. You were talking about your adult daughters and the fact that I think women do now more share about their salaries, just kind of in support of other women and and letting women know, you know, what's going on. How do you feel about that? I I think it's a good thing. I think uh, transparency is good. Um, You know, having grown up in an era where we kept those cards close to our chests, uh, it's a little strange for me, but I do think it's, it's what it takes for young women to receive, well, all women to receive what's due to them. And what would you say to parents who have young girls who are interested in the science and the math and all of that? What would you say to them to encourage that? Absolutely go for it. Uh, I, I have two, two of my three daughters are in STEM fields now. My youngest is still undecided. And um, the challenges they're met with are, some of them are the same. Um, Being the minority in the room, Mm -hmm. gender-wise, but they seem less afraid to speak up now. And they're listened to more seriously than women were in my generation. You know, when I first started to work, I, you would walk into a room and get the feeling that no one knew what to do with you, where to put you, you know, <laughs> whereas I, I don't see that in my daughter's careers now. And I read somewhere that you had a job where even though here you are a scientist, you've got your master's, because you were a woman, you were still expected to answer the phone. <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy to think? It's like, what were they thinking? Let's say, first of all, that was not in Denver, Colorado. (laughs) Good, good. Good to hear. (laughs) It was in a completely different state. But yes, um, every woman in the office was required to answer the phone at lunch in shifts. 
and no matter what our education, our background, our positions were, because we were told women sounded better on the phone, and that's what people expected to hear when they called in. And in that same organization, um, women were not allowed to attend the project manager's meetings. Those were for men only, no matter what size project you managed. Wow. I just, I, I shake my head at this. I'm like, I, I love that you were such a trailblazer in your field and you did it, but gosh, how different. What do you see your daughters going through since they're in, uh, two out of the three of them are in STEM fields right now. What do you see them dealing with that's maybe different than what you dealt with? Um, there's very, generally, uh, the behavior towards women is very different. Uh, the Certainly in the speech and the regard for women, men that they work with are very careful about it. Um, still not a lot of women in upper management, though. I, I'm thinking of both of their jobs, which are very different. Um, one works for a large university in a research position, and the other one in um, in an aeronaut, aeronautical field. Mm-hmm. And... Um, no no female role models to speak of there, or wow. very few. And I here we think. are in 2020. We obviously still have a long way to go. Right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Colorado Arthur, author Harper McDavid Zapata is out right now. When is the new book coming out? Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Got to finish it first, when right? When the writer's block ends. <laughs> <laughs> is it harder doing the second book? Uh, very much so. And I've heard other authors say that, yeah. so I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, you're definitely not, especially when you have a first book that's so critically acclaimed. I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure to hit another home run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, don't bring it up. <laughs> well, Harper McDavid, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. You can listen to this as a podcast shared on your social media. Just go, go to your station's website and all the information will be there as well as on Harper. And if you want to read her book, where you can find it, go out, have a blessed day and be kind.